Chapter 18, Progressive Development of the Activities of the Open Conspiracy into a World Control and Commonwealth, the Hazards of the Attempt. We have now sketched out in these blueprints the methods by which the confused radicalism and constructive forces of the present time may, can, and probably will be drawn together about a core of modernized religious feeling into one great and multifarious creative effort. A way has been shown by which this effort may be developed from a mere propagandist campaign and a merely resistant protest against contemporary militarism into an organized foreshadowing in research, publicity, and experiment in educational, economic, and political reconstructions of that Pax Mundi, which has become already the tantalized desire of great multitudes throughout the world. These foreshadowings and reconstructions will ignore and transcend the political boundaries of today. They will continually become more substantial as project passes into attempt and performance. In phase after phase and at point after point, therefore, the open conspiracy will come to grips with the powers that sustain these boundaries. And it will not be merely topographical boundaries that will be passed. The open conspiracy will also be dissolving and repudiating many existing restrictions upon conduct and many social prejudices. The open conspiracy proposes to end and shows how an end may be put to that huge substratum of underdeveloped, undereducated, subjugated, exploited, and frustrated lives upon which such civilization as the world has known hitherto has rested, and upon which most of our social systems still rest. Whenever possible, the open conspiracy will advance by illumination and persuasion, but it has to advance, and even from the outset, where it is not allowed to illuminate and persuade, it must fight. Its first fights will probably be for the right to spread its system of ideas plainly and clearly throughout the world. There is, I suppose, a flavor of treason about the assumption that any established government is provisional and a quality of immorality in any criticism of accepted moral standards. Still more is the proposal, made even in times of peace, to resist war levies and conscription and offense against absolute conceptions of loyalty. But the ampler wisdom of the modern Atlantic communities already touched by premonitions of change and futurity, has continually enlarged the common liberties of thought 
for some generations, and it is doubtful if there will be any serious resistance to the dissemination of these views and the early organization of the open conspiracy in any of the English-speaking communities or throughout the British Empire in the Scandinavian countries or in such liberal-minded countries as Holland, Switzerland, Republican Germany, or France. France, in the hasty years after the war, submitted to some repressive legislation against the discussion of birth control or hostile criticism of the militarist attitude. But such a check on, upon mental freedom is altogether contrary to the clear and open quality of the French mind. In practice, it has already been effectively repudiated by such writers as Victor Marguerite, and it is unlikely that there will be any effective suppression of the opening phases of the open conspiracy in France. This gives us a large portion of the existing civilized world in which men's minds may be readjusted to the idea that their existing governments are in the position of trustees for the greater government of the coming age. Throughout these communities, it is conceivable that these structural lines of the world community may be materialized and established with only minor struggles, local boycotts, vigorous public controversies, normal legislative obstruction, social pressure, and overt political activities. Police, jail, expulsions, and so forth let alone outlawry and warfare, may scarcely be brought into this struggle upon the high civilized level of the Atlantic communities. But where they are brought in, the open conspiracy, to the best of its ability and the full extent of its resources, must become a fighting force and organize itself upon resistant lines. Non-resistance, the restriction of activities to moral suasion, is no part of the program of the open conspiracy. In the face of unscrupulous opposition, creative ideas must become aggressive, must define their enemies and attack them, by its own organizations or through the police and military strength of governments amenable to its ideas. The movement is bound to find itself fighting for open roads, open frontiers, freedom of speech, and the realities of peace in regions of oppression. The open conspiracy rests upon a disrespect for nationality, and there is no reason why it should tolerate noxious or obstructive governments because they hold their own in this or that patch of human territory. It lies within the power of the Atlantic communities to impose peace upon the world and secure unimpeded movement and free speech from end to end of the earth. This is a fact on which the open conspiracy must insist. The English-speaking states, France, Germany, Holland, Switzerland, 
the Scandinavian countries, and Russia, given only a not very extravagant frankness of understanding between them and a common disposition towards the ideas of the open conspiracy, could create, could cease to arm against each other and still exert enough strength to impose disarmament and a respect for human freedom in every corner of the planet. It is fantastic. It is fantastic pedantry to wait for all the world to accede before all the world is pacified and policed. The most inconsistent factor in the liberal and radical thought of today is its prejudice against the interference of highly developed modern states in the affairs of less stable and less advanced regions. This is denounced as imperialism and regarded as criminal. It may have assumed grotesque and dangerous forms under the now decaying traditions of national competition, but as the merger of the Atlantic states proceeds, the possibility and necessity of bringing areas of misgovernment and disorder under world control increase. A great war like the War of 1914 to 1918 may never happen again. The common sense of mankind may suffice to avert that. But there is still much actual warfare before mankind on the frontiers everywhere against brigands, against ancient loyalties and traditions, which will become at last no better than excuses for brigandage and obstructive exaction. All the weight of the open conspiracy will be on the side of the world order and against that sort of local independence which holds back its subject people from citizenship of the world. But in this broad prospect of far-reaching political amalgamations under the impulses of the open conspiracy lurk a thousand antagonisms and adverse chances, like the unsuspected gullies and ravines and thickets in a wide and distant landscape. We know not what unexpected chasms may presently be discovered. The open conspiracy may realize that he is one of an advancing and victorious force and still find himself outnumbered and outfought in his own particular corner of the battlefield. No one can yet estimate the possible strength of reaction against world unification. No one can foresee the extent of the divisions and confusions that may arise among ourselves. The ideas in this book may spread about without any serious resistance in most civilized countries. But there are still governments under which the persistent expression of such thoughts will be dealt with as crimes and bring men and women to prison, torment, and death. Nevertheless, they must be expressed. While the open conspiracy is no more than a discussion 
it may spread unopposed because it is disregarded. As a mainly passive resistance to militarism, it may still be tolerable, but as its knowledge and experience accumulate and its organization becomes more effective and aggressive, as it begins to lay hands upon education, upon social habits, upon business developments, as it proceeds to take over the organization of the community, it will marshal not only its own forces, but its enemies. A complex of interests will find themselves restrained and threatened by it, and it may easily evoke that most dangerous of human mass feelings, fear. In ways quite unpredictable, it may raise a storm against itself beyond all our present imaginings. Our conception of an almost bloodless domination of the Atlantic communities may be merely the confident dream of a thinker whose thoughts have yet to be squarely challenged. We are not even sure of the common peace. Across the path of mankind, the storm of another great war may break, bringing with it for a time more brutal repressions and vaster injuries than its predecessor. The scaffoldings and worksheds of the open conspiracy may fare violently in that tornado. The restoration of progress may seem an almost hopeless struggle. It is no part of modern religion to incur needless hardship or go out of the way to seek martyrdom. If we can do our work easily and happily, so it should be done. But the work is not to be shirked because it cannot be done easily and happily. The vision of a world at peace and liberated for an unending growth of knowledge and power is worth every danger of the way. And since in this age of confusion we must live imperfectly and anyhow die, we may as well suffer if need be and die for a great end as for none. Never has the translation of vision into realities been easy since the beginning of human effort. The establishment of the world community will surely exact a price, and who can tell what that price may be? in toil, suffering, and blood. End of chapter 18